So you know how it's always like a funny joke, like, oh, Justin's going to talk about the episodes getting shorter eventually. Um, this morning, first of all, it's 9.30 in the morning. And second of all, I have about a CFL show's amount of time to produce the NFL show, perform and produce and upload and get it ready. And for anybody that does this, you understand that is a logistical nightmare. So here we go. What's happening, everybody? Justin, Bridgewater's Finest on YouTube, Blockbuster underscore guy on Twitter, fueled as always by the incredible folks at Nerd Tees, and welcome to week five of my weekly NFL football pick show for the 2021 NFL season. And before I get started, I know a couple of people saw my tweet from, I believe, Sunday night where I said, oh, potential announcement coming, not set in stone. I kind of want to apologize for that. First of all, I hate vague posting. Just as a rule, uh, I hate doing it, but I was kind of in my feelings uh, on Sunday because I watched my picks. My picks looked like the Titanic last week, and I was really, really down on the whole idea and thought, like, you know, may, may, maybe I should take a break. Like, legitimately, I was thinking, like, I should, like, step away for a few weeks because this is just, like, I'm, I'm, I'm down on this all of a sudden, and I shouldn't be down on it. Because it's supposed to be fun. So I was just kind of in my feelings a little bit on Sunday when I tweeted that. So my apologies to anybody that saw that and was like, oh my God, what's going on? Like, what's, I wonder what, and, and a few people were, and even like a friend of mine, Morgan, replied to it with like a GIF, like an Oprah Winfrey GIF, like what's going on kind of thing. But so I want to apologize for anybody that happened to see that. I was just in a bit of a mood. And part of why I was in a bit of a mood was, well, week four didn't exactly go the greatest around these parts. Now, look, I was above 500 picking the game straight up. Nine and seven makes me 33 and 31 on the year. The platinum, gold, silver, and bronze picks did not great. Uh, not going not gonna to lie. You get one of them wrong straight up and you just kind of know you're setting yourself up for a bad week. Against the spread, I was only six and ten. Over-unders, I was 5-11. and 11. So you, you understand that I was like, oh man, like this is, maybe I need to step away from this because it's kind of going off the rails. And it is. Like, look, I'm only two games above 500 picking the game straight up. Against the spread, I'm now 14 games under 500. On the totals, I'm eight games under 500. So yeah, it's kind of gone off the rails a little bit. But I luckily was able to kind of sleep on things and like, look. This is supposed to be fun. So for the next few weeks, this is just going to be fun. This is just going to be fun for me. This is not going to be quite the same episodes as normal. I'm going to be a little more upbeat because I think I got to a point where I was just kind of taking this whole YouTube thing a little too seriously. And it's supposed to be fun, so it's going to be. So yeah, we had a bad week in week four. A lot of other people had bad weeks in week four. So I guess maybe I shouldn't feel quite so alone. And we're going to turn things around here in week five. 
peeking at the Pick'em pools, not a ton of movement one way or the other, moved up a little bit in the Bridgewater's Finest pool, moved down a good chunk in the Half Moon's Picks pool. Again, you can't go 6-10 and 10 against the spread and make up a ton of ground in a pool like that. Uh, straight up in the Bridgewater's Finest pool, 84 of 136 confidence points. It's 61.8%. Does have me up over 60% for the season as a whole, which is a bonus. Uh, only 44 of 136 confidence points in the Half Moon's Picks pool. It's only 32%. I'm a little over 40% with the confidence points in that pool, but I've now kind of fallen into the bottom half of that pool. Definitely not where you want to be when there's money on the line. And the anti and co pool, no real movement at all. Shout out to our week four winners. And we're going to mention this guy's name a couple of times. The cat repping the Pacific Northwest. The blind Canadian cat had himself a heck of a week straight up 12 and four and went 104 of 136 confidence points. Well over 75% good enough to not only win the week in the Bridgewater's finest pool, but also to be the overall leader with 43 straight up picks. Correct. In the anti and co straight up pick em pool. That's a full 10 better than I am. If you're not watching his show, you should probably be watching his show. He's off to a really solid start at the beginning of the year. Uh, Moby Pulido in the Half Moon's Picks Pool, winning week four, going 13-3 and three against the spread. Also good enough for them to take the overall lead in that pool at 39-24-1 against the spread, 61.2% uh, on the confidence points. And Uncle BBQ Barry remains the overall leader at 45-19 and 19 straight up in the Bridgewater's Finest Pool. 416 out of 544 confidence points, 76.5%. That number is coming back down to earth a little bit because last week I believe they were at like 78 point something. So again, 70% is kind of that magic number or at least has been in seasons past. I am off to a perfect 4-0 start in the anti and co-survival pool. There are 17 of 19 competitors left in that pool. Now seven that have one strike. So a number of teams took it on the chin in week four. I got through with the Buffalo Bills. I've taken the Rams, the Packers, the Broncos, and now the Bills. Probably looking at the Tampa Bay Bucks this week, but I haven't 100% made that decision yet. But we're still alive. No strikes in the survival pool. Week four did represent, however, my best week of the season in fantasy football. So we're going to take a peek into Fantasy Corner, which is, of course, presented by the Dynasty Trade Calculator. You can go into the description of this uh, video and you can find my referral link, my affiliate link to the Dynasty Trade Calculator. And for as little as three dollars. You can gain access to one of the absolute best tools available online for dynasty, keeper, and long-term fantasy football. You're talking about a ton of podcasts, a ton of experts, trade evaluations. You're looking at dynasty rankings, no matter what your format is. Again, I'm diving into Superflex this year. It's helped me out a lot in Superflex Dynasty, even though I'm off to a very slow start in that league. But it doesn't matter. The Dynasty Trade Calculator, hit my affiliate link, which is in the description below, and gain access to this incredible tool. I went 4-2 and two in fantasy. I think that's my first winning week across the board in fantasy football this year. First of many, of course. I uh, also made a little bit of progress in best ball. I think I was 5th and 10th. Last week, I've gone up to 4th and ninth, so making a little bit of progress in that pool. I think I was top 10 overall in week 4 in that uh, best ball league where I moved up to 4th place. 
and in the two big leagues, the Professionals Dynasty Fantasy Football, as well as the NFL YouTube Prognosticators League, picked up the win in both of those leagues. An expected win against Half Moon's picks in the Professionals Dynasty to move my record to 3-1. and one. And I held on a Monday Night Miracle, Austin Eckler, I love you, you air-guitaring gentlemen, wins me that week against Chalupa Batman in the Progs League. I moved to 1-3. and three. I've got a very winnable matchup next week against Gavin. If I move to 2-3, and three, get a little momentum, anything is possible in that league. I got a Week 5 matchup in the Professionals Dynasty with Max Maniacs, who is a perennial threat in this league, an incredible roster of running backs. I might get him without Christian McCaffrey again, which would be the time to get him if I have to, but a tough matchup across the board, but hopefully a couple more wins to report next week. And I'll take this opportunity, as I always do, to remind you that if you go to the description of this video, you're going to find all of my results from last week, such as they were, my straight up against the spread and over under plays for week five in the NFL, information on joining the Bridgewater's Finest, Half Moon's Picks, and Ante and Co. Pools for this season, information on joining the NFL YouTube Prognosticators Facebook page, and information on my great friends and sponsors at NerdTees. NerdTees.ca. My promo code is BWFINEST, but you already knew that. And with the promo code, you already know what you're going to save, but I'm going to tell you again anyway. 15% at checkout. Free shipping in Canada on any order over 100 bucks. Great conversion rate on the US dollar, by the way, provided by NerdTees.ca. Today's blend is a Nova Scotian staple. It is blueberry. It is delicious. It smells fantastic down here. I'm actually down in my basement, which is where my picks have been for the last couple of weeks. But I thought, hey, a change of scenery, maybe that might help. What is not in the basement, folks, what is blowing up right now is nerdtease.ca. Nerdtease.ca, promo code BWFINEST. Save your money, get your free shipping, find yourself something to love, or find someone you love something to love just in time for the holiday season. You can do that at nerdtease.ca. So here come the picks for week five. And again, we're going to be firing through these this week because the, just the time constraints are, are just what they are on a Tuesday. I don't have nearly the amount of time to get this episode out that I normally would. So we're going to start in Seattle. Seahawks taking on the Rams. Rams, one of the least penalized teams in the NFL. I'm not saying that's directly led to all of their success, but it has certainly led to some of it because, man, there's nothing that stalls drives quicker than taking bad penalties. Battle of the NFC West here, obviously Rams sitting at three and one Seahawks, even money at two and two. I have no debate in my mind about whether the Rams are for real. I have to have some debate about the Seahawks simply from a defensive standpoint, to be perfectly honest. These two defenses scoring defense wise are pretty well equal. The Rams definitely have the higher the higher ceiling anyway for the scoring offense i really have question marks about seattle seattle's gonna have to turn it on because this is a completely uber competitive division i don't think it starts this week i think this is a spot for the rams i liked the rams the second that i saw this game on the schedule i don't think seattle's defense holds the rams down let's take los angeles in seattle to beat the seahawks on the line, Rams are two-point favorites on the road. I like them to win. It's a small price to pay. I'm laying the two points, and I'm going to be taking the over on the 54.5-point total. We're going to go Rams 37, Seahawks 27. Big win for L.A. 
Let's go to Atlanta now. Falcons going to play host to the New York Jets. The Jets getting their first win of the season. Both New York teams, in fact, getting their first wins of the season last week. Both in overtime games, ironically enough. Atlanta certainly struggling this year as they have uh, in, you know, most recently. They got a win a couple weeks ago. We're on the losing side of things last week against Washington. Part of me did look at this game very similarly as the Washington game last week where I thought, oh, I, I definitely thought Atlanta was going to beat Washington at, at, in Atlanta. Turns out they did not do that. And I thought, oh my gosh, is this just deja vu because the Jets are also, you know, that caliber of team where they're, you know, low in the standings. They're really struggling. So I'm like, oh my gosh, this this. Is this going to be a mirror image? And it certainly doesn't help that for Atlanta in the secondary, cornerback Isaiah Oliver dealing with a knee injury. No update on him right now. I'm assuming we'll probably get one on Wednesday. So if their secondary is a little bit weaker for the Falcons, like, oh my goodness. But look, the Jets are the Jets. First of all, the Jets are not going to win two straight games. I just, I just, I can't picture a universe where the Jets win two straight games. They're still one of the worst ball control teams in the league. So despite the injury, I'm still going to lean with the Falcons. I still think this Falcons team is better than what they've showed this year. Let's take Atlanta at home to beat the Jets. On the line, the Falcons are laying three and a half points as a home favorite. I see this as a two possession game. So I'm going to lay the three and a half on the Falcons. The game total is set at 46. I'm going to be on the under in that one because neither one of these offenses have been crazy impressive so far this year. Atlanta only averaging 20 points a game. The Jets are only averaging, where are you? Jets are averaging 12 points a game and have been shut out this year. So yes, they scored 27 last week, but the two weeks before that they combined for six points. So th this offense is by no means a juggernaut. We're going to take the under on that one. We're going to take Falcons 23 jets 13. Are you enjoying this pace? Good. Let's keep it up. Cincinnati is our next stop. Bengals at home playing host to the Green Bay Packers. It does certainly look like the Green Bay Packers are the proverbial back that everyone likes to talk about. Now, since he has the benefit of the long week here, having played on Thursday, a victory on Thursday, Bengals are three and one. The Cincinnati team, I know people can say what they want. This Cincinnati team is for real. The Cincinnati team, and I think I even said it right at the beginning of the season, is going to win some games this year. I didn't expect them to win three of their first four, but here we are. A battle of two of the least penalized teams in the NFL, which 100% matters. You do have the Packers dealing with a significant injury in the secondary. It's Jair Alexander, the one name on that defense that you would not want to hear. He's dealing with an AC joint injury. It's going to be a bare minimum of two weeks out for Jair Alexander. And right now they have no idea the severity. So two weeks is the like absolute minimum that I think he's going to miss. He could miss six. He could need surgery. We do, we really have no firm timeline on Jair Alexander. They also, I believe, lost uh, Preston Smith last week to a shoulder injury as well, if I'm remembering correctly. I could not blame you one little bit if you thought, Justin, I know exactly where you're going to go on this game. You're a Packers fan. I know you're going to take the Packers in this game. And you would be... Wrong, in fact. I'm going to take the Cincinnati Bengals in one of the upsets of the week. J J look, Jair Alexander not being in that secondary, I can't tell you how much that fundamentally changes the Green Bay Packers on the defensive side. And the Cincinnati Bengals team that I saw last week, even if Joe Mixon is limited, because I know he's dealing with some stuff, 
even if Joe Mixon is limited with Joe Burrow playing like he did last week and the receivers that they have for the most part being healthy if you don't have Jair Alexander to at least take one of those guys away it's going to be a long day for Green Bay here and I like Cincinnati to come up with the upset I'm taking the Bengals at home to beat the Packers on the line, Cincinnati's taking three and a half points as a home dog. I like him to win outright. I'll take the three and a half points. The total set at 49 and a half. I'm going to be leaning on the over in this one. I think it's going to be a bit of a shootout, even though the Bengals defense has played quite well this year. I'm going to take it in a shootout. We're going to go over the 49 and a half points, but I like the Bengals to get the job done 30 to 23 at home against Aaron Rodgers and the Packers. Let's go to Minnesota now. Another battle of the NFC North. The Vikings taking on the Detroit Lions. The Lions on the tail end of back-to-back -back road games. And for the record, I'm not holding that against teams anymore. Because now they're 12-2 straight up and they're 12-2 against the spread. So actually what I should be doing, the money says I should be picking with these teams. Obviously, I'm not going to do that every single time, and I'm not going to be doing it in this game. I think Minnesota is the better football team. I think they have better offensive upside. I don't like what I'm seeing. I don't like the, the discombobulation across the board, to coin a phrase. Well, not to coin it, but to employ a phrase, that I see from the Detroit Lions. Like, the Detroit Lions bumble things that, like, High school teams shouldn't bumble, and I realize, obviously, the level of competition, but still, I, 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 I can't pick with the Lions. Are you serious? Like, it's just not, it's not something that is equating to me. It doesn't help that they haven't won a game yet this year. Minnesota's not lighting the league on fire, but they're at home. I'm going to take the Vikings to win the game. On the line, the Vikings are laying seven and a half points as a home favorite. That is too many points for me. I think this is a field goal game one way or the other. So I'm actually going to take the seven and a half points on the Lions, uh, despite the fact that I just spent the last like minute and a half ripping into them. Seven and a half is just too many to lay on a team that's one and three. The total set at 49, I'm going to be on the over of that one because I think between these two teams, the offenses are the main event. So we're going to take over 49 points in Detroit, Minnesota. Let's go Vikings 27, Lions 24. Let's go to Pittsburgh now. Steelers playing host to the Denver Broncos. Denver dropping their first game of the season last week. Pittsburgh, wow, that team just looks terrible. Like, at no point did I think Pittsburgh was going to be like competitive to win that game against Green Bay. Now, Green Bay probably should have blown them out, but they didn't, which is part of what ties into the pick a couple games ago with Cincinnati. But Pittsburgh, I think, is just a mess. Like, I think the team is just, I think straight up, the team is just a mess right now. And the Broncos are certainly not a mess. They played weak, easy competition at the beginning of the season. They went 3-0. and They played their most difficult opponent, and they lost last week. I'm not going to rip them for the fact that they lost to a good team. Yeah, I took the Broncos to beat the Ravens last week. Didn't work out. The Ravens are the best team they've played all season. Pittsburgh is not going to be the best team they play up to this point. They're kind of now going back to, you wouldn't have thought they were cupcakes, but they're kind of cupcakes. Now, it doesn't help on Denver's side that they are dealing with an injury to Teddy Bridgewater. He's in concussion protocol. His status is uncertain. Drew Locke came in and played all right, I think, in relief. If he has to start again... This is this could be a QB matchup of Drew Locke versus Dewey Haskins. I mean, like Ben Roethlisberger may not play this week. Who knows? Because he looked truly, truly awful 
in that game last week, but I'm going to definitely be on the Broncos here to get back on the happy side of things. I think the Broncos go to four and one by beating the Steelers. On the line, Pittsburgh's only laying a single point as a home favorite, but I still like Denver to win the game outright, so I'm going to take Denver plus one. Total in the game set at 40 and a half points. Lord knows where the points are going to come from in this game because it's two really strong, stout defenses, offenses obviously with a ton of question marks. So we're going to be under the 40 and a half points in Pittsburgh, Denver. I got the Broncos winning this game 20 to 10. Let's go to Washington now. Football team taking on the Saints. Washington with a win last week. The Saints with a loss last week. But the Washington win did not come without consequences. An injury to the football team that is on their offensive line. Brandon Scherf with a knee injury. He has an MCL sprain. That is going to be a bare minimum of two to three weeks. And that's bad news against a Saints team that has a stout and solid defense. Saints might only be scoring 24 points a game, but they're only allowing 17. They've had two really strong defensive performances here in the first four weeks of the season, and Washington has yet to show me the kind of defense that I expected from them. They've had to win shootouts. The two games that they've won, they won 34 to 30 and 30 to 29. So they've had to win shootouts. This is not going to be a shootout this week. New Orleans defense is too good for that new orleans defense is going to keep washington at arm's length i don't trust washington's to be able to do the same new orleans controls the ball really well saints on the road in washington pick up the win over the football team and this is another game where actually washington's a one-point dog in this game at home but it's only a single point i like new orleans to win it's the smallest price to pay so let's lay the single point game total is 44 and a half points I gotta go over on this one, I think. I think this is gonna be a fairly close number, but I'm gonna take the over just because I don't wanna sweat an under on a 44 and a half. So we're gonna go over 44 and a half in New Orleans, Washington. Let's go Saints 30, football team 17. Let's go to Carolina now. Panthers dropping their first game of the season last week. Life without Christian McCaffrey. They move on to Chuba Hubbard. I think he played okay, but obviously, and I even said it last week, like he's not Christian McCaffrey. He doesn't have to be, but he's not Christian McCaffrey. Carolina didn't quite do enough, I think, to make up for that absence. They're going to have that opportunity this week playing a reeling Philadelphia Eagles team that has lost three straight games. One of the most penalized, I think maybe the most penalized team in football, or they are certainly up there, and that is anything good that they do on offense, they're going to shoot themselves in the foot because they're going to take a bad penalty. That's just the way that this season has started for the Eagles. And I think if you're a team that is content to work on beating yourself the Carolina Panthers are going to have no problem putting a loss on you and that is exactly what I think is going to happen in this game not going to overthink this one too too much I really like Carolina in this spot Panthers at home get the win over the Eagles on the line Carolina is laying four points as a home favorite I see this as a two possession game so I'm fine laying the four points Total in the game is 45. This is really close, but I do think it sticks under. I think that Panthers defense winds up being the difference maker in the game. So we're going to stay under the 45 points in Carolina Philly. Panthers 27, Eagles 17, officially in gotta see it territory with Philly. 
Off to Jacksonville now, division matchup, best versus worst, the 0-4 Jacksonville Jaguars playing host to the Tennessee Titans, who actually are leading this division at 2-2, but if you watch Titans games, you might not know it. Titans on the tail end of back-to-back road games and suffering an injury on an already suspect offensive line that has allowed Ryan Tannehill to be sacked, uh, checking my notes, a lot this season. Uh, That is an injury to Roger Saffold at guard. He suffered a concussion. There's no update to him right now. He was literally Pro Football Focus's best-ranked Titans player in week four that took at least 25 snaps, and boom, he suffers a concussion. He may play this week. He may not. If he doesn't, that's obviously obviously a boon to the Jags. Is that enough for them to beat the Titans? I'm going to say no. Now, both of these teams suck at controlling the football, but Jacksonville sucks way worse. Now, luckily they are one of the least penalized teams in football, which I think at least impacts the game. It doesn't necessarily keep it close, but it does impact the game. Uh, I just like Tennessee here. They're certainly the better football team. Uh, boy, picking with the Titans is a tough one these days. Uh, just ask any Titans fan. Shout out Keith Bailey. It's tough. Sometimes this team is difficult to watch because it's like they have the formula. It's almost like Pete Carroll and the Seahawks in that Super Bowl. They have the formula and then they say, I'm going to do the other thing. And they do the other thing and they lose. And they lose games they shouldn't lose. In any case, I like the Titans here. We're going to take the Titans at, uh, on the road, actually, to beat Jacksonville. On the line, Titans are laying four points as a road favorite. I see this as pretty close to a two-possession game, so I'm going to lay the four points on Tennessee. I'm not a huge fan of it, but I'm going to lay the four because I think that's how it ends. Total in the game set at 45, 48 sorry, and a half points, and this is about as close as it gets. I think this game literally finishes with exactly 48 points, but that means the under hits, so we are going to lean under 48.5 in Tennessee-Jacksonville. Titans 28, Jags 20. Let's go to Vegas now. Raiders taking on the Chicago Bears. Raiders obviously on the short week, having played and lost last night in Los Angeles to the Chargers. Raiders becoming one of the most penalized teams in the NFL after last night's game. Chicago on the other end of that, one of the least penalized teams in the NFL, but suffering probably the most significant injury that that team could suffer, probably outside of Khalil Mack, is David Montgomery. So he's got a knee injury. They're not, they're being very coy on exactly what it is. The popular opinion right now is he likely hyperextended it, which is going to mean, if nothing else, he's going to be out at least multiple weeks. Now, you can make all the arguments that you want for Damian Williams. You can make all the arguments you want for uh, Khalil Herbert, who I believe is is the rookie back in their running back room. Neither one of them is David Montgomery. And this is coming from somebody that has not been the biggest David Montgomery fan over, you know, the last couple of years. I've certainly said plenty of things about David Montgomery. But David Montgomery is a very good back. And neither one of them or the other two in tandem are going to equal David Montgomery. The Bears' best hope, if David Montgomery's out long term, they better hope and pray that when Tariq Cohen comes off the physically unable to perform list, that he comes back as Tariq Cohen. That is the only hope that this team has. This offense is not good enough to hold off an injury, a significant injury that changes the entire dynamic of their offense. I'm sorry, it's just not. I don't care who's calling the plays. Matt Nagy's still the head coach. 
the offense isn't good enough. We're going to be taking the Raiders in this game, especially where it's in Vegas. So let's take Vegas to beat Chicago. On the line, the Raiders are laying five and a half points. That is the probably toughest line of the week for me to lay. I am going to lay it. Uh, but after that performance last night, I'm I'm less confident about this line than I would have been uh, earlier this, uh, or even earlier this week. I would have thought, oh my God, five and a half, no problem. I'll lay that easy money. But after what I saw last night, eh, maybe not so much. I am still going to lay the points. Total set at 45 and a half points. This sticks under, but it is also very close. We're going to be under 45 and a half in Chicago, Las Vegas. We're going to go Raiders 24, Bears 17. Speaking of the aforementioned Chargers, they are at home again this week. Again, coming off the short week. Uh, one of the more penalized teams in football now after the game last night. They're at home taking on the Cleveland Browns. Browns on the tail end of back-to-back -back road games. Obviously a very, very good team. A really boring win last week. I think it was 14-7 over Minnesota. So that's a boring win, but a boring win is still a win. Go ask a team like the Steelers. The Steelers have won plenty of boring games over the years. And what's happened? They have, whatever, 417 straight winning seasons or whatever it is. Sometimes you win ugly, sometimes you win boring. And if the Cleveland Browns can get more comfortable with that, it's only going to make them better. Both of these teams have been really solid defensively, but color me incredibly impressed by the Cleveland Browns on the defensive side. The last two weeks, they've only given up 13 points. They've only allowed 30, uh, more than 21 points one time this year, and that was in the season opening game where they allowed 33 to the Chiefs because almost everybody does. But other than that, this defense has been sparkling this year. And look, I can say the same thing about their opponents this week. The Chargers have played fairly well on the defensive side this year. Their offense is not quite where I would like to see it. Now, Justin Herbert's had a couple of really good games, and Austin Eckler, he is forever the man. But I really like the Cleveland Browns in this spot. I think this is a game where the Browns defense can take it over. I don't trust the Chargers to win back-to-back -back games, if I'm being perfectly honest. I don't know that they're that team yet. So I like Cleveland in this one. Cleveland, on the road, in LA, beats the Chargers. Now, on the line, Cleveland's actually taking a point as a road underdog. I like them to win outright. I'm more than happy to take that point. Total in the game is 49.5. Again, I think this is the Browns' defense taking this game over. I understand why the total is where it is, but I'm way under on this one. Under 49.5. Let's go Cleveland 21, Chargers 13. And let's go to what is easily the marquee matchup of week five, the Kansas City Chiefs in Buffalo taking on the Bills. Both of these teams, two of the most, two, sorry, two of the least penalized teams in the NFL this year. They don't make a ton of mistakes. The Buffalo Bills defense has been swarming this year. They've got a couple of shutouts this year, I think. Their ball control is immaculate. They generate turnovers. They don't turn the ball over themselves. This Bills team has done almost nothing wrong through the first month of the season. Obviously, as we saw from last week, there is absolutely nothing wrong with the Chiefs on the offensive side, pouring on 42 points against the Philadelphia Eagles. But look, look at the other side of that ledger. The Chiefs have allowed no fewer than 29 points in any game this year. Their defense is really bad. Like their defense is comparable with a team like Atlanta. I might even take Atlanta because in one game this year, at least Atlanta allowed fewer than 20. 
So I might take Atlanta's defense over the Chiefs' defense. I don't know if it's scheme. I don't know if it's personnel. But that defense is terrible. And if you have a terrible defense, guess what? You're not going to beat the Buffalo Bills. Not the way they're playing to open the season. I love Buffalo. I'm hammering Buffalo in this spot in KC. Josh Allen and them Bills go in and get a big win in Kansas City. And it wouldn't be an episode of the show without a food cooling device kicking on in the background. This one being the deep freeze. Incredible offense, no defense, not going to be enough to get it done against Buffalo, who are two and a half point dogs in this game, which I totally understand, but I got the Bills winning this thing outright, so I'm happy to take the two and a half. Total in the game set at 56 and a half points. Take the over on it because it's not like Kansas City's not going to score their points. I just don't see how they stop Buffalo at any point in this game. So we're going to go over 56 and a half in Kansas City Buffalo. I got Chiefs 24. I got the Buffalo Bills 48. They're going to double them up. They're going to give up 24 points, but still double them up. That's how bad this Chiefs defense is. And the last game to look at before the platinum, gold, silver, and bronze picks is the Baltimore Ravens at home taking on the Indianapolis Colts. Colts on the tail end of back-to-back road games, one of the best ball control teams in the league, and one of the least penalized teams in the league. So say what you will about Carson Wentz, say what you will about the Indianapolis Colts, they don't tend to shoot themselves in the foot. They don't tend to make these mistakes that force uh, bad losses. Now, it's not like the Colts are running away with things this year. They're only one and three, but they did win last week. It was their first win of the season. It was about as good as this Colts team has looked this year. Jonathan Taylor is a stud. Even, you know, I I wrote out his injury uh, reports all week, but when he played, man, he was in there and he was effective. Ravens are on a three-game win streak, and this Baltimore Ravens team is very good. I'm not going to pretend that the Baltimore Ravens are not a good football team. I said it earlier. They're scoring 26 points a game. That's solid. The defense, after a really bad start to the season, has only given up 24 points in the last two weeks. That is very solid. The defense playing much better than they have before. I just don't like Baltimore to win this game. I for I'm just I've got this funny feeling about the Colts that the Colts are in the process of getting healthy and turning this thing around and once they do I think this is going to be a team to be reckoned with. I genuinely think the Colts are a dark horse to win the AFC South outright, get to maybe 10 or 11 wins. I think they make a statement here early in the season in week 5, go into Baltimore, a tough building to win in. I like the Colts to get this dub. I'm taking Indy to beat Baltimore. On the line, Baltimore's laying seven points as a home favorite. One way or the other, I think you take these points. I think this is a hedge all day long, but I like the Colts to win outright, so I'm more than happy to take the seven points. Total in the game is set at 47. I think the offenses are the order of the day in this game. I'm on the over on 47 points. We're going to take Colts 30, Ravens 28. Could be a last second field goal, but I like the Colts to get it done. All right, folks, here we go. Platinum, gold, silver, and bronze picks for week five in the NFL. We're going to start with the bronze pick. Still perfect straight up and perfect against the spread. Think about this. Four of my 24 correct against the spread picks this year have all come in the bronze pick. 
So this pick is firing and it is paying out. And we're even even money on the totals. This sees the Dallas Cowboys at home taking on the New York Giants. Obviously division matchup of the NFC East. Giants on the tail end of back-to-back -back road games. And look, you are perfectly justified in being impressed with what the New York Giants did. They won a game that not a lot of people said that they were going to win, myself included. But I got to tell you, if there's one team in football aside from maybe the Buffalo Bills, that you do not want to see right now, especially in their own building, it's probably the Dallas Cowboys. Dallas's offense humming, 32 points a game this season. The defense humming, only giving up 24. This offense is really good. They play better at home. This defense is better than I thought it was going to be. They play better at home. And boy, the New York Giants just are not that team to win back-to-back -back games. Certainly not a division game. Certainly not in the opponent's building against a team that is markedly, markedly better than they are. Also controls the ball incredibly well. Cowboys all day long in this one. Let's take Dallas at home to beat the Giants. On the line, Dallas is only laying a touchdown. That is fine by me. This is a two-possession game in my mind. I'll lay the seven points on Dallas. Total in the game set at 52. I think this goes over. I like what I've seen from Daniel Jones this year. And uh, yeah, there was an underrated guy. If you happen to grab him in the late rounds in fantasy, probably paying off fairly well. So I think the Giants score their points. Dallas just firmly scores more in my mind. But we're going to go over 52 in New York-Dallas. Cowboys straight up. We're hammering the Cowboys minus seven against the spread over 52 points. That's the bronze pick. Cowboys 38, Giants 27. My silver pick where I'm also 4-0 straight up and even money on the betting picks 2-2 two two against the spread and 2-2 two two on the totals sees the Houston Texans, one of the most penalized teams in the NFL, play host to the New England Patriots. And this pick is here for a couple of reasons, but specifically one in particular, and that is Davis Mills. Uh, so I, I, I kind of thought I wanted to give Davis Mills the benefit of the doubt. And look, Davis Mills should not be in this position. He shouldn't have ever been put in this position, but he's here. And unfortunately, leading this team, Davis Mills is not good enough. He's not going to be good enough to beat a team that plays good defense. We saw the New England Patriots play good defense against a little old quarterback by the name of Tom Brady last week. Obviously, that very emotional reunion game, homecoming game for Tom Brady in New England. Obviously, the game's not in New England, but look, the Patriots lost that game. It was a tight game, a two-point loss. This team is hungry to go out and get a win. They're going to probably beat up a little bit on this Texans team, certainly on the defensive side. Patriots win this thing fairly easily, I would say. Patriots laying nine points as a road favorite. This is like a three-possession game to me, so I'm actually going to lay those nine points on the Patriots, that feels like a bad play, but I'm going to do it anyway. Total in the game set at 39 and a half points. I don't know what Houston's going to score. So I, I'm going to take the under because the Patriots are not an offensive powerhouse by any means. And I don't know what I'm going to get offensively from the other team. So under 39 and a half points in New England, Houston. Patriots straight up. We're hammering the Patriots minus nine against the spread. Tentatively hammering, but still taking it. And under 39 and a half points, that is the silver pick. Patriots 27, Texans 7. 
my gold pick where I'm three and one straight up, even money against the spread at two and two, underwater on the totals in this one at one and three. So we're looking to start turning that around. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers at home taking on the Miami Dolphins. Um, Tampa Bay getting some penalty trouble this year. They're taking more than I would like to see a good team like this take. They're also dealing with a pretty significant couple actually of defensive injuries they both come in the secondary carlton davis a quad injury antoine winfield at safety a concussion both of them will likely not play in this game this week is that going to make a huge difference against a miami dolphins team that has a close to anemic offense without their starting quarterback probably not but i do think miami's offense plays a little bit better this week because those are just two really big pieces to be missing on the defensive side and it's a bucks defense that hasn't exactly been lighting the league on fire either Against the team in Miami that's been shut out this year, they're only scoring 16 points a game. I don't think it's going to make a massive difference. Tampa Bay is still going to get this win. I like the Bucs, obviously, at home to beat the Dolphins. However, the Bucs are laying 10 points as home favorites. That's too many for me. This is a one-possession game as far as I'm concerned. So I'm taking those 10 points with the Miami Dolphins. You could see the upset of upsets. Miami has upset Tom Brady before. But I still think that uh, the 10 points is just too many to lay here. So we're going to take Miami plus the 10. Total in the game set at 48. This is a very close total. I do think it goes over probably on the final scoring play of the game. So we're going to go over 48 points in Tampa, Miami. Bucks straight up, but we are hedging our bets and taking the Dolphins plus the 10 points in Tampa Bay in a game that goes over 48 points. That is my gold pick. We're going to go Tampa 28, Miami 21. And what that means is the platinum pick, three and one straight up, only one and three against the spread. So we look to turn that around and even money on the totals at two and two sees the Arizona Cardinals at home taking on the San Francisco 49ers. Obviously battle of the NFC West here again, best versus quote unquote worst in the division Cardinals, the only undefeated team remaining in the NFL. Obviously the Cards offense lighting the league on fire. At least 31 points in every single game this year. The defense stout, only giving up more than 20 points once this year. And it was in a game they wound up, you know, coming back and winning by a single point. So look, this Cardinals team is incredible. Kyler Murray is one of the most dynamic quarterbacks in the NFL today. He's up there with Patrick Mahomes. He's up there with Lamar Jackson, just in terms of the dynamic things that he can do with his football, do with his legs. He's an incredible player. They have the offensive weapons to complement a guy like that. And now they have a defense that is also going to complement their incredible offense. I think Arizona, a lot of people are talking about the Cardinals peaking too early. I think this is just what this team is. This is as good as this team is. I don't know that their defense necessarily stays at only 21 points a game allowed all season, but this offense is going to be able to score points week in and week out. I don't dislike what I've seen from the Niners this year by any means. I think they're a slightly above average team in terms of what they have produced on the football field so far. But even in a division matchup where the teams know each other fairly well, it comes down to the little things. Something like ball control. Arizona's pretty good at it. San Francisco is not as good at it. I don't necessarily know who the quarterback is going to be. It might be Jimmy Garoppolo. It might be Trey Lance. I don't really know who the running back is going to be. It might be Elijah Mitchell. It might be Trey Sermon again. 
I don't know what I'm getting out of Brandon Ayuk and as a dynasty uh, manager of Brandon Ayuk, having a couple of shares in Brandon Ayuk, in fact, in dynasty, it's a little frustrating. There's more question marks on the Niners side than are on the Arizona side. So we're going to take the Cardinals in this game at home to beat the Niners. On the line, Arizona's only laying five and a half points as a home favorite. I see this as a two possession game. I'm happy to lay the five and a half. Total in the game set at 50. I'm going to take over on it because these two offenses are scoring points. Arizona with the highest scoring offense in the league. So let's go over 50 points in Arizona, San Francisco. Cardinals straight up. We're going to hammer the Cardinals minus five and a half against the spread in a game that goes over 50 points. That is the platinum pick. Cardinals 34, Niners 21. The picks are now in folks for week five. Thank you for sticking with me. And it is time now for the patented comment of the week the comment of the week from the week four episode goes once again to the prog father himself geo knows my good friend geo defranco who of course is probably the the founding the founding core of this little prognosticators community that we have going here and his comment from the week four episode reads simply my only two goals are to win my pool of course the bridgewater's finest pool and moons against the spread pool this year my daughter loves Nerd Tees. Well, first of all, thank you, Geo's daughter, for loving Nerd Tees. NerdTees.ca. The promo code is BWFINEST, and you'll find all kinds of great things there. I appreciate that very much. And Geo, your your two goals, again, even as, as I said in my reply, they kind of scare me because I feel like if you do both of those things, then we have to start calling you the champ. And I'm not comfortable with calling you the champ. But if you do it, we may just have to. Geo Yours is the comment of the week from the week four episode. The show is in, folks. It will probably be the shortest episode of the season or close to it. Again, I kind of apologize for that because I know there are people that really like the longer format and especially the audio version. People prefer longer podcasts to shorter ones. But again, time constraints this week, nothing we could really do about that. That's it for me, Justin, Bridgewater's Finest on YouTube, Blockbuster underscore guy on Twitter, fueled as always by the incredible folks at Nerd Tees. And in case you were worried, don't worry, folks. I'm not going anywhere. Enjoy the games in week five. We will see you again for week six. We might try to keep things quick again next week. We'll see what happens.